2: It is 604 on a Friday night. This is Arthur Idala and I am in a great mood. It was a great week, a great week back from uh, a week off in Florida. And uh, what a show we have. You know, I know everyone says that every, day, oh, it's a great show, it's a great show. No, no, no but we have two unbelievable guests, um, and we're even going to rebroadcast this show Sunday night um, because it's so great there. We have uh, coming up in one minute is um, the chief senior Duper Booper advisor. She's the chief advisor to the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams. That's Ingrid Lewis-Martin, and she's going to give us the good news on a very I don't know, two days after a special day for her. And then I have the New York City Fire uh, Commissioner coming on, Laura Kavanaugh, live here in person with me. Unbelievable. I just saw something checking up on the mayor. Um, there was a commemoration today of the, um, <clears throat> the murder of uh, the shooting on the Brooklyn Bridge in 1994 of a poor, poor young man who I believe was in a bus, if I'm correct. It's Avi Halberstam, Ari Halberstam. You would see his name all over the bridge. I was actually working in the DA's office, and I was on the phone with Mike Vecchione, uh, who was the chief of, I believe, the Homicide Bureau at the time. And I was working on another homicide in a precinct, and I was talking to him, and, and we were talking about the case I was on, and he got there was yelling and screaming, and there's some homicide on the Brooklyn Bridge, and they didn't know... Who was going to take it, the Manhattan DA's office or the Brooklyn DA's office? It seems like that was yesterday, and it was 30 years ago. And may that young man rest in peace. And I'm very happy that the mayor, um, you know, acknowledged uh, that tragedy. Before I go to Ingrid, I just want to wish a happy birthday to Judge Mike Pesci, who is a, a very active listener here to the idola power hour and his bride christina so bon combleado. i think it's a friday night he's cooking for his i don't know he's he's a master chef besides being the former chief judge of brooklyn and staten island civil and criminal but let's get to the good news are we going to play her song there sambalino Welcome to The Good News Is with Ingrid Lewis-Martin, Chief Advisor
1: to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, exclusively on the Arthur Idala Power
2: Hour on AM 970, The Answer. All right, welcome back to the show, Ingrid Lewis-Martin. How are you, young lady? I'm great, Arthur. How are you? Oh, I'm just Jim. Dead angry. You know why I'm happy? Because you're kind of in the same position. I, mean, I know Eric is the boss, but you're like the second boss. It's Friday night. There's it's six. It's six oh seven.
3: Say it again. There's only one. Principle. there's only one principal, and that's the mayor.
2: Okay, I'm but you, hands. but but you, you, you are in no. charge of making sure the ship is always running. And right now, in my law <laughs> firm, it is six oh seven on a Friday night. After a week where everyone worked hard and everyone is still here, at Judge Cummins is outside and all the lawyers are outside, the young ones, the seasoned ones, and I'm like, okay, good. Everyone's working on a Friday night. That makes me really happy since I'm the one who pays all the bills. So, yes. <laughs> um, I'm, it was I'm, Pesci's, um birthday,
3: so I want to wish him happy birthday. He and I a number of years ago we were um. We were food critics. We had to um, taste some food at a restaurant in Brooklyn called Marco Polo. We had to judge. We were food judges, judges, and we tasted some food, Italian cuisine, from different restaurants. And then he, myself, and others selected the
2: winner. Yeah, I love I love Marco Polo. That's why I had my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. Uh, they uh, was two week two weeks ago tonight, um, and wow. he's just he's a great great man. So, um, Ingrid, yeah. before we get to the good news, I just we just got to get this out of the way. There were all headlines today and yesterday about Winnie Greco's house um, having has a search warrant dropped on it. So, just give us a minute or two on that.
3: Well, I'm going to just tell you, you know, what we've been saying um that the government has to do its job and our team has to do our job and we can't you know get sidetracked you know we don't know what happened we're not judging you know we're going to just work hard and allow the government to do its job and team adams will continue to do team adams this this job and you know i believe in god god will do god's job and we'll see how everything works out we sure to be for the better you know we have to stay focused the mayor says stay focused, no distractions, and grind, and so we're not going to get distracted. We have too many things to do that we can't really get caught up in that. You know, we have to talk about containerization, which is important. Um, We have to continue to ensure that our educational math and reading scores go up. We have to make sure that the housing that we need, and we're fighting for in Albany, you know, gets (laughs) one for New York City. So we can't, you know, focus on that. It is what it is. And, you know, the government has to do its job. And, you know, we have to do our job. And God has to do God's job. So that's my
2: take on Okay, so before we get into the, the news of the day or the week, um, I also, though, because I did see uh, Mayor Adams' remarks, and it's, we should just make it clear that uh, no one at this point is alleging that the mayor has done anything uh, improper, and it doesn't appear that he's under investigation regarding this particular matter. This seems to have do done with something totally different, and I believe it's a different office that's looking into this than the office that uh, looked at Mayor Adams' uh, electronic devices. So, God willing, everything for the mayor and those immediately around him is okay. Um, I want to ask you, you mentioned quickly about garbage. And one of the the guys who listens to this show all the time, you know, he says, if you want to know the state of affairs in New York, look at three things. Look at the murder rate, look at graffiti, and look at rats. And if those three things are okay, then basically the rest of the city are okay. So let's start off with with garbage, which is what attracts the rats.
3: (laughs) Well, first, I'm going to take hats off to our Commissioner Jesse Tish. Um... Under the leadership of our mayor, Jesse Tish, was able to do something that the other 109 mayors couldn't get done. Um, you know, under the leadership of our mayor, you know, our sanitation commissioner was able to work and negotiate with building owners, with um, restaurants, with the city council, all the people that we needed to negotiate with to now move towards 50 um, percent containerization. So we started off slowly where. Initially, I guess like a 25% of the garbage was being containerized in certain pockets. Um, we started with bodegas and um, little grocery stores and things of that nature. Now, we're moving to all businesses, all 200,000 businesses in New York City will be required to have their garbage containerized. And when we say containerized, we mean really big, nice, clean containers with no holes in them <laughs> so rats can like get through. And they have to be lidded, covered. And we want to do this for a number of reasons. First of all, it will help with the smell of garbage. That's number one. Number two, it will help aesthetically. New York City, the garbage will not be all over the place in black garbage bags, sitting out languishing in the hot sun or in the snow for hours. And it will help to mitigate the rats. We started with a small pilot program. And with the pilot program you know, that we started with, it gave us remarkable results. We did it in the mat mitigation zones, and there were 16% less calls and sightings of rats. So we feel confident that this new initiative, again, kudos to Commissioner Tish and, of course, to our principal, our leader, the mayor, for getting this done, you know. So it's going to be a great day in New York City, and it's going to be good for the residents. And we understand that people are excited about it. We are. Could you imagine? that you don't have to feel those nasty garbage bags on the street. Soon, we're going to go to 100% containerization. When I was a little kid, I remember we used to put our garbage in metal containers. And then I think there was a garbage strike, and people started moving away from that into plastic bags. But now we're going back to containerization fully for businesses as well, where businesses weren't required to do it. But now everybody's doing it.
2: Well, I so will tell you. We're talking yeah. to Ingrid Lewis Martin. And my block here on 45th between 5th and 6th? They definitely have started doing it. I noticed it one night this week. I was leaving. I was like, "They're like the, they're clearly made out of recycled material. The the c- containers themselves, and they're these yeah. big green." You know, big garbage pails, which, yes, you're correct. It's much nicer than looking at a big pile of black bags. It's 613 on a Friday night. We're on the air with Ingrid Lewis-Martin. She's the chief advisor to the New York City mayor, Eric Adams. We're going to come back with Ingrid Lewis-Martin, and then we're going to follow up with that with the fire commissioner, Laura Kavanaugh. It's a great night here. In Ido- I hear, I keep saying Idola, but Tuna and Kams on the Idola Power Hour. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We're always ready, we're always there. We are the New York Army National Guard.
1: Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard.
0: This is Dennis Prager, and now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. For an hour each month, get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. I'll be answering your questions. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com
2: hey it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda run by my family friend Rob Sabah and his family Sabah family owned and operated this Honda dealer has been there for over 60 years serving the five boroughs I've gotten cars there my whole family has my mother my sister my grandfather everyone knows to go to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team make you feel like you're part of their family and they are the most trusted in the business to kick off spring Bay Ridge Honda is offering zero dollar deals all month long zero dollar deals that means zero down deals On top of that, APR rates as low as 1.9% and no payments until summer 2024. 90 days of no payments. They have best prices around and will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. You name it, they have it. Brand new Hondas like the Civic, the HRV, the CRV, the Accord, and the Passport. Honda has them all. Serving the five boroughs of New York, every new vehicle comes with the Bay Ridge Plus package for all of your service maintenance needs. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at bayridgehonda.com.
1: Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. As a local business owner, you get called every
0: week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers.
4: Thank
2: you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city.
4: If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today.
2: Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay and we don't need a power of attorney or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500.
0: Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com.
2: Oh, welcome back to the Authorite Dollar Power Hour at 618 on a Friday evening. And, uh, all right, we're about 48 hours late, but we're on with the chief advisor to the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, Ingrid Lewis-Martin. And two days ago was your birthday. Happy birthday, Ingrid. Thank you. but well, you know what, Arthur? My mother, so I rest her soul, always said it was
3: actually March the 1st because it wasn't a leap year and I was born after midnight. So I celebrate from the 28th of February all the way to the end of March. So this way I get them all, all the days in.
2: Okay, I love it. Um, it's good. So you got a birth month, not a birthday. Yes. Yes. Uh, listen, sign me up. Sign me up. I love it. Yes. Ingrid, before I talk to you about some more serious stuff, I know March 1st yes. is also the beginning of Women's History Month. Is there anything that City Hall is doing to commemorate that? Yes.
3: Um. I don't remember the exact date, so pardon me, but I know that we will have something in which we pay homage to women. I mean, the mayor does it every year. He honors women, you know, for Women's History Month. He, you know, yesterday we did a Black History Month celebration. So I know we will be doing something for Women's History Month.
2: You know, it's I'm a sure shame. A- you know, it's a shame, Ingrid Lewis Martin, regarding Women's History Month. It's a shame that Mayor Adams doesn't have any women in his administration. You know, he should really think about doing that.
3: <laughs> Mayor Adams has nothing but women in his administration. Oh,
2: and thank that you. Is his that
3: is his history from the Senate you know, you know, I was his chief of staff, and we had a number of women in the administration in um, Borough Hall. I believe his, our attorney general was the public advocate then, and I believe she published a report talking about um, city government. And um, Mayor Adams, who was then the borough president, was cited as the office with the most women in leadership position, who were paid at an equal rate as their counterparts. He was considered the role model um, office. And in City Hall, well, you know, all the women run the show. Of course, we have the principal, but we have a first deputy mayor, a chief of staff. Of course, there's me. Um, we have, I believe, four other deputy mayors who are all women and a whole bunch of commissioners. I was going to say, the fire that commissioner who's first, on the, the fire the commissioner mayor, who's our next mayor. guest? Yes. Oh, so, you know, and the mayor, um, you know, he's done a lot of things um, with some of our deputy mayors to address me specifically for women. Last year they did a summit where they talked about the maternal health care for women and and even things for little girls. So, he is definitely about women and empower not empowering women because women are empowered, but being a partner with women, a true partner with women and allowing them to, you know, run and and do, you know, what they do best. And he listens to us. Most of
2: the time, anyway. There you go. So, Ingrid, you know, your segment is called The Good News Is, and we have some good financial news. Um, New York City yeah. just got a favorable AA bond rating, which basically means that expectations are very low, that there will be any default uh, regarding uh, these bonds. So that's a very good thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, first of all, the mayor
3: emphasized that maintaining a solid bond rating is crucial and is vital in order for us to get essential infrastructure projects done. So, you know, you think of it as your credit rating. If you have a 300 credit rating, you know, it's not going to be easy for you to get money that you need in order to get things done. But since we have a double A bond rating, we got it in Moody's, um, S&P Global Rating, Pitch, and in Crow. We got it in all four. <laughs> of them the top four you know we're able now to um, benefit from that and we'll be able to do great things um, from the city of New York it it shows that we're fiscally sound and this is being done in spite of the lack of assistance from the federal government in spite of the fact that New York City has been mitigating a national crisis on a municipality's budget Jock Jihad to his credit has done an awesome job in managing our finances. So we are considered to be solvent. We are considered to be a good place to invest in and to, you know, grow your business in. And we thank that to our mayor for having the intellect to have a jock jihad at the helm to ensure that despite whatever comes our way, we're able to handle it financially in a prudent and sound way. So I take my hat off to my colleague. He's not a woman, but, you know, we'll still take
2: our hat off to him. All right, even even though it's, uh, it's, it's Women's History Month. Um, Ingrid, on a, on a, let's go back to the personal note. I spent last week, a week ago today, I was in Disney World, and with my two-year-old and my seven-year-old and my bride, Marianne, and I will tell you what I tell people. I said, with the exception of maybe putting man on the moon, I think Disney World uh, and the whole Disney organization is one of the greatest American accomplishments. What do you think, Ingrid.
3: Well, last week, as it, would ha- as it would be, I was on a Disney cruise with my granddaughter, my husband, and my son. <laughs> and I agree with you. It was epic. It was It's just really great for kids, and it's great for adults, and it's fun, and it makes you forget about the, the daily saga and the bad stuff that's going on. It makes you happy. You know, it's a good place to be. I love Disney. They need to come and build a Disney in New York City. We got space.
2: Well, I mean, Ingrid, how many more things you want to do? You already you just got the World Cup is going to be over here in uh yes. in, in New Jersey. That's that's a huge huge well, we huge wanna, get. We want a casino in New York City and we want Disney. Okay, well, Ingrid, you know the thing is in the past when you I put your Disney, mind to something Disney. it happens.
3: But you know Disney is opening up a new well then it 's not new because they 're here already, but they 're opening up it is a new headquarters because they 're expanding their footprint um, in New york City and it 's going to be beautiful. I did a tour of it, so we want more than just the office buildings although they 're giving bring out a lot of jobs you know Do you, rem- you remember what part of the city it 's at it 's in midtown, if I remember correctly okay. and I'm well, I mean I they
2: I have the it. big beautiful Disney store right here in uh, tom harris 's Times Square. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Disney originally helped clean up Times Square, I, mean, I don't know, 30 years ago now. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, Ingrid, I hope you enjoy. Wait, your friend Joan wants to say hello to you. I old. need I to, to,
1: to wish say. you a formal happy birthday, my beautiful thank you. woman. Thank you. And and congrats, thank you congratulations
2: mother- on the award you got on uh, Wednesday night uh, thank alongside you. my thank partner, you. Imran. That was very lovely. And yes, we, Imre, we thank you. We thank you for everything you do for the city. All right. Thank you. And take care of my, my partner, um, Commissioner
3: Kavanaugh. She's
2: epic. She's, I, I, beautiful. Well, my, she's about to be epic on the radio with us. And tell the mayor we send our warm regards and we got you back 100%. Thank you. God bless you. Take All care. right. Have Bye. a great weekend. That is the chief advisor to the mayor of the city of New York. And, folks, when you listen to this, um, you know, she literally if you go into City Hall and you make a left, that's where the mayor's quarters are. She literally sits in the office that is adjacent to the mayor. She's been with him for a long time. You heard her slip in there that she was the chief of staff. Um, I think both when. Uh, when he was in the Senate and when he was in Borough Hall. And, uh, you know, when you need to get something done or at least a, an issue addressed, Ingrid Lewis Martin is uh, is the person to try to reach out to. I want to wish a very happy birthday to Roger Daltrey. Sam Bolino, Roger Daltrey, 80 years old today.
0: The big Eight O, oh, yes, and he's a, a legend in his own right, for sure. S-
2: He is the lead singer of the band The Who, my man Doug Jabara's favorite uh, favorite band, and um, so you got Keith Richards and um, Keith Richards and and Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, who are both eighty, and now you got uh, my man. Roger Daltrey, the lead singer of The Who, who's 80. And um, I will tell you who's coming in here now. The first, so uh, we're going to talk to her about it, but I mean, there's been a lot of fire commissioners. Thirty, She's the 34th. Um, they've all been men. Um, many of them have been prior um, members of the FDNY, but some of them have not. And she's one of them that has not, although you'll hear that she's been, uh, in the FDNY for 10 years, so it's not like she's a rookie and she got to sit, sit um to the right or to the left, depending on what room you're in, with the former fire commissioner, um, Commissioner Nigro, who was... For There for the eight years of the de Blasio administration and is very, very well regarded. So we are going to come back with her. I was in federal court this morning in the Eastern District of New York um, on a brand new case. I then got to spend a little time with a former guest who was on our show, um, Michael Farkas, who is now a retired judge from um, the JAG Corp of the uh, United States Army may have some news coming up regarding michael farkas and uh Idola bertuna and cammons that could be exciting and um i so let's talk about what i'm doing for the weekend because i'm going to use all my time with the the fire commissioner so i'm going to almost sign off now because i don't want to take any time away from her she's on her way in um i am going to study again Because on March 12th, we're arguing the Ghaleen Maxwell case. And when I say we're arguing, yes, it's Diana Fabi Sampson who's going to be standing before the three federal court judges here in Foley Square. But I'll be standing and sitting next to her with Judge Cammons and we're all reading the briefs and we're all preparing her the way they prepared me. You know, I felt very, I couldn't have been more supported when I went up to Albany to argue the Harvey Weinstein brief and, um, uh, so it, it, there's some complex legal issues so as much as all I want to do is kind of hang out with Luca and Arthur and Ariana and Marianne um, I'm going to be reading a bunch maybe tomorrow during the day I'll have a little bit of fun and Sunday during the day I'll have a little bit of fun but at night I'm going to tackle these briefs Um, because I want to be able to, you know, as a leader you've got to support the troops and I want to make sure that the representative of Idala Bertuna and Kamins who will be Taking some pretty heavy questions from a pretty hot bench, um, is, feels very supported. So it is, let's see what time we got. It's 629. It is the bottom of the hour on a Friday night, March 1st. Happy birthday, Judge Pesci and um, I'm really excited because I've been asking Commissioner Kavanaugh to come on for a while and she came here in person and that's really cool I want to thank Joan Pelzer for preparing me for this she did a great job she's really tr- learning how to be a producer after two and a years wow. Wow. I'm gonna have to jump we in. gotta go we're done all right it in. is the bottom of the hour don't go anywhere you want to hear this it is a uh, fire Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh coming right in
1: Tonight at 7, it's the Fun Friday edition of Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough and Christine Nicholas. What does that mean? Broadway reviews, restaurants. We'll talk about things going on in the different bids across New York City and have a cocktail recipe or two. That's tonight at 7.
0: we we'll see the glory of the world that I True North presents the 30th anniversary of Savior, a modern oratorio. At Carnegie Hall, Monday evening, March 4th, at 7. With Steve Green, Travis Cottrell, and others. To enter to win a free pair of tickets, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the banner.
1: Two games remain on the Syracuse basketball schedule, including Saturday's clash at Louisville. The Orange go for the season sweep of the Cardinals Saturday at 8 on AM 970. The answer New York's home for Syracuse University
2: basketball. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. When you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamondback Ready Mix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family owned concrete supplier proudly located on Staten Island, providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback Ready Mix Quality is Our Strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring, fully insured in New York and New Jersey, and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from Arthur Idala. Call today and ask for Harry Lynch for personalized service. Second and none. Call 718-650-5649 for your free estimate. That's 718-650-5649 or go online to Diamondback Ready Mix. That's R E D I M I X dot Diamondback Ready Mix is the DeFazio Industries Company.
4: My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the civil litigation division of Idala Bertuna, and Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. You've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala, Bertuna, and at 212-486-0011 that's 212-486-0011 or visit us on the web at idallalaw.com idallalaw.com idalla bertuna and cammons fighting for justice fighting for you
2: Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to Record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
1: Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with Lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur.
2: And it is a very special Friday night. Um, This is Arthur Idala, and um, boy, are we ending this week strong, strong, strong. Actually, uh, Sambolino, I'm going to try to pull some strings and make sure this show gets re-aired over the weekend if I got that much juice at the end. You got that juice. I got that juice, Sambolino? Is that what you said? You got the juice. Well, here's why I'm excited. Um, And I'm repeating myself from last night, but when I started this show, my whole deal was I wanted the listeners to hear from the source, I don't want the, I don't want there to be a, a, a intermediary uh, about what's really going on in the city. And last night we had chief of transit, Mike Kemper, on, and right now, um, and I'm very excited about this. The commissioner in the city who oversees a two billion two billion dollar budget, seventeen thousand employees. Yes, it is the commissioner of the New York City Fire Department. And I want to congratulate Laura Kavanaugh because I believe you're celebrating your 10th year at the FDNY. Is that correct?
5: That is true. I don't know how you knew that, but
2: yes, I'm, well, I'm
5: at a decade.
2: Excuse me. I've been following you around for uh, <laughs> a couple of That's so, fair. So 10 years. All huh? right. Well, let's start with the beginning with Commissioner Kavanaugh. Um, where'd you grow up? So
5: I grew up in San Francisco. And I was three years old when I first told my mom I was moving to New York. So I always say New York was the love of my life because I mean that. I knew the first time I ever came here when I was a kid that this level of uh, energy and chaos was for me. Oh, okay, good. I'm and glad as, you threw a as, in as soon as I uh, could, as soon as I graduated, I got a one-way ticket, never came home.
2: Is that accurate? Yeah. You yeah. haven't been home?
5: I mean, I visited okay. occasionally, but no, I mean, I never okay. moved back.
2: So okay. All right. This well, This always for me. That is great. And I know... Um, You know, you've been involved in city government for decades. Mm -hmm. Um, I know even before you were officially in the de Blasio administration, you had your fingers on the pulse of New York. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, I started my campaign in um, advocacy in campaigns, which is, you know, how I first met you and union organizing. That's really where I came from. My parents are uh, were you know, in their union, that's there come from uh, the Midwest. My mom's from Flint, Michigan. So very early training in, you know, what it means when a union town isn't a union town anymore. Uh, and that's really where I, I got my passion. So I got into politics, trying to get, you know, people who believed in that sort of thing into office. And then eventually I said, you know what, I keep talking about what should happen in government. I'm going to go into government. And I, I took the leap.
2: And what was the first leap?
5: Uh, so first to City Hall, where I did a bunch of different projects. You know, I, I tried to learn about where in government I thought I could be most helpful with my skill set and then the mayor at the time de Blasio asked me to go over to the fire department and I've been there ever since because I do love them it was meant to be temporary but I couldn't leave once I was there
2: and you were there under uh, Commissioner Nigro yeah who correct. was there during the, the entire de Blasio administration correct, correct? Yeah. and he had a pretty storied career tell us a little bit about Commissioner Dan Nigro
5: yeah, I mean, he's incredible. You know, he'd served uh, his entire career, had served in every rank in the department, had retired, and then come had come back. Um, he'd retired after 9 11. So he is he has been an incredible mentor, an incredible role model. Um, you know, we still talk, but certainly I spent eight years, you know, watching him and learning from him, especially, you know, not only his love of the fire department, his knowledge, but I also say what it means to be commissioner was a very, very helpful thing. I think there's a lot of parts of this job that are not traditional in a leadership role or an executive role that it was really important
2: to learn from him. And he was he was a really a great leader. I will I wanna ask you this, in terms of being the commissioner, like if you were gonna break down the percentage of like doing the nitty gritty of the billion the two billion dollar mm-hmm. budget and administrative stuff versus kind of being a leader of 17,000 employees? Where do you, how do you split the difference in your daily work day?
5: Yeah, I think it's about half and half, but I would say it's not half and half in it any given day. So many of my days are what would be typical for anyone running a large organization, right? I'm talking about budgets and uh, legal issues and HR issues and hiring and things that are, you know, just common to a large uh, organization of any kind. And then half of my days are out, whether it's unplanned because there's a major incident, or something Something tragic that happens, or just doing something like this—you know, advocating on behalf of our members—and so I'd say those are usually not. They're all in the same day, but usually some days at a clip, like when I'm in D.C. or we go to Albany, it's all front-facing. It's all being, you know, the face of the organization. And some days it's the the unsexy but important work of running an agency.
2: Let's talk about the face. Um, mm-hmm. How big of a deal is it that you're the first woman of the 33 commissioners before you?
5: So, I mean, it certainly is a big deal. I would say that for me, I still feel like myself. And so sometimes that feels uh, almost um, odd when people ask me what it feels like because I still feel like me or even to think that I've done something that big is I'd still say hard for me to absorb. But certainly I know that it's mattered to me coming up. Right. And so I try to remember that that people are looking to me as I looked to other trailblazers in my career.
2: So you're the first woman, and unlike um, Commissioner Nigro, you were not a firefighter before. Like, how difficult was that for you to step into that very, very important, powerful position?
5: Yeah, I, I don't want to say that it's not difficult. It certainly is. I think that the way in which it's most difficult is you are paving your own path. You know, you're trying to say to yourself, "What kind of leader do I want to be?" And what do I want people to to think when they look at me? And you're also just you know, being the boss. I mean, ninety percent of your job is hard, but just because it's hard to run a big agency, and it's honestly, it's hard to go through a lot of the things we go through in the fire department. So you know, I try to think about what can I do every day just to show what it is to be a woman in the job. I'm definitely not trying to be Commissioner Nigro, and I think that that's an important thing. Like he is an o- his own incredible leader in his own right, and to try to copy him or any of my other predecessors would be a mistake. They're all incredible in their own right, and I'm trying to do that for me and and for being a woman frankly is you know what does it look like to have a woman lead and I would say you know there are many uniform members who have been commissioner those are many non uniform members who've been commissioner so I do have some models Nick Scapetta is the most recent that a lot of people know I know you probably knew Nick
2: yeah very well and I will tell you one of my mentors is a lawyer and this is amazing because he was the district attorney for 24 years but he said the greatest job he ever had was fire commissioner and that's Brooklyn yeah. DA Joe Hines yeah and when he passed away there was more pomp and circumstance from the fire department than all the law. His whole career was in law yeah. enforcement. Um, but, you know, you talked about paving your own way. Um, I, you, We have to mention that, you know, you hit some bumps in the road, right? Because you wanted yeah. to put in your own administration and you want to put in your own people. And that got a little rocky. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of paving your own way, right? Is it's never going to go perfectly. And you have to accept that early on um, and be okay with you know, whatever happens of trying, trying your best every day, trying new things. Um, I would say about that, you know, every commissioner before me has, has put their own staff into place. Commissioner Gabon has put his staff into place. So I don't think in that regard that that was that unusual. Um, but I do appreciate I'm paving new road and I'm trying to do new things at the fire department. And sometimes it's going to be rocky and that's, that's something you have to learn to accept as
2: a leader. Th- and that was quite some months ago. Like How how's that mean? How are the waters now around yeah. FDNY? Like?
5: I mean, it's good. I also want to say it was good then. And I don't say it's not easy for any of us, certainly not myself, to be in the press or for anyone else. But I want to really emphasize like we really are a family in good times and bad, even when we fight. Um, and frankly, our members are doing the hard work of the actual frontline work every day. And I don't want to take away from that. So... You know, yes, there's sometimes a little bit of uh, drama in the papers. You know, that's the city of New York, as you know, and it's certainly the fire department. But that doesn't take away from either how much we care about one another. It certainly doesn't take away from the work.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the papers, they they. You know, right before lives. Right, well, yeah, I know. Right before you came on, we had a segment with Ingrid Lewis Martin, who you know well, and the name of that segment is "And the good news is because the the mayor himself, when he's been on the show, and I'm like, what's been the most frustrating part about being the mayor? He's like, the media only covers the bad stuff; they Mm -hmm. don't cover any of the good stuff. And um, I know you guys are doing some very good stuff, so we have to pay some bills and uh, go to a commercial break, and then I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about. Um, the fires that are coming up recently, specifically are around these batteries and you know, I have a lot of little kids at home and i 'm worried about these batteries i don 't know where they are my son 's got all these electric cars running around the living room, and all of a sudden i 'm preparing for this segment with you, and i 'm like. I don't even know exactly what a lithium ion, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I know there's like little ones that go in my phone and that, so.
5: I'd be happy to help you guide. All I'd right. You through that.
2: <laughs> so we are going to come back. We're talking to, we are privileged to be speaking with the 34th Fire Commission of the New York City Fire Department, uh, Laura Kavanaugh. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back right after this.
1: This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCareRx. InfuCareRx InfuCareRx.com. Improving quality of life one patient at a time.
4: March is National Nutrition Month, an annual campaign created by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Dietitians help patients in various settings to make healthy food choices by incorporating new foods and flavors in their meal plans. As a registered dietitian, I work with patients who receive parenteral nutrition or intravenous nutrition at home. Our goal is to inspire people to make good food choices and create custom plans to meet their daily nutritional requirements, whether the nutrients are eaten by mouth or delivered intravenously. Stay tuned to learn more about parenteral nutrition during the month of March. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuKRx, and the information, comments, or
2: views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuKRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance hey it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda run by my family friend Rob Sabah and his family Sabah family owned and operated this Honda dealer has been there for over 60 years serving the five boroughs I've gotten cars there my whole family has my mother my sister my grandfather everyone knows to go to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team make you feel like you're part of their family and they are the most trusted in the business to kick off spring Bay Ridge Honda is offering zero dollar deals all month long zero dollar deals that means zero down deals On top of that, APR rates as low as 1.9% and no payments until summer 2024. 90 days of no payments. They have best prices around and will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. You name it, they have it. Brand new Hondas like the Civic, the HRV, the CRV, the Accord, and the Passport. Honda has them all. Serving the five boroughs of New York, every new vehicle comes with the Bay Ridge Plus package for all of your service maintenance needs. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
2: She's just a
3: girl and she's on
2: fire.
4: Fire. Fire. Other than a fantasy. Well...
2: This is Arthur Idala on the Idala Power Hour here, and um, I do have a woman who is on fire. That's Laura Kavanaugh. She is the first female commissioner of the New York City Fire Department. She is the 34th fire commissioner, and I am thrilled to have her here as a guest. Um, She's celebrating 10 years in the FDNY, so she really knows her stuff. Commissioner, this morning, uh, this Friday morning, um, there was a four-alarm fire inside a Harlem bodega. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, so if... Four alarm fires, a big fire for the fire department. Um, very gratefully, none of our members and none of our citizens were injured. So while it was a big fire and a lot of work, everything is okay. We actually don't think at this time that it was from an e-bike, although that was one of the things we looked at initially because this was in a bodega where we found a lot of these illegal devices. Um, we do know there were some on scene, though, and I think it is important to emphasize that even when they don't cause the fire, they can be very dangerous in a fire um, because when they catch fire as, as part of the larger uh, job, they explode. Right. And so they could trap a citizen or a firefighter. So they, so they are dangerous no matter what.
2: Identify. Give me some examples of a lithium-ion battery.
5: Yeah. So I mean, they're really in everything. But I'll talk a little bit about which ones are dangerous because I don't—I don't, I don't want to scare people. But they're in our phones, which is probably right. the most notable thing. Right. Um, they're in all of our cell phones. But they're also in uh, most consumer goods that um, you know charge and power quickly. A lot of kids' toys. You mentioned your kids. Um, a lot of e-mobility hoverboards, things like that. But you know, really, almost anything so you're like charging that, with a battery is so a problem. So that hover.
2: That's sitting in my living room as we speak. Okay, so what should I be doing with that? Put it outside. So I'm supposed to, what, take it outside to charge it? But then I get, I mean, because my son uses it in the house. So charge it outside, but then let them play with it inside. Yeah,
5: also turn it over, make sure it has a UL sticker on it.
2: If it's yeah, UL no, certified,
5: it's much safer.
2: You don't know my wife. I mean, do you? <laughs> I, mean I,
5: I imagine she's very thorough, yes. so hopefully it's UL certified. But I would say no matter if they're certified, I would still encourage people to charge them outside, and that's especially true of larger devices. So that's one thing I was going to say, because you mentioned you have a lot of these devices with kids. Everybody has a phone. Um, the phones are safer for a number of reasons, but one of the things that matters a lot when it comes to the danger of these is the them of the battery. So it's one of the reasons the e-bikes and some of the hoverboards have caused more deaths than say your average car toy is because they're so large that the fire is enormous when they explode. Whereas some of these other devices, they catch fire less often, but even when they do, they don't produce as
2: much fire. And you know, you talked about this fire this morning. Just give us a little peek into what life of the fire commissioner is like. Like, you know, firefighters answer so many different calls now. So when what's the protocol of when you're waking up the commish?
5: Yeah, so they they wake us up generally based on either size of the fire. So they definitely woke me up for this morning's fire. Or if there's a certain number of injuries, if a number of citizens are injured, if any one of our members are injured, they wake me up. Um, and then if there's something unusual, uh, you know, something like a terrorist event or something like that. So there's you know there's a lot of waking you up, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I worry about our members twenty four seven, so I'm usually up anyways thinking about it or worrying about it um i would also say you sign up for the job like i like a little bit of chaos and i like things to be different every day so it works for me but it's definitely not a every day is the same job quite the opposite um and you know really like when you care about the city you're just like you want to know what's going on
2: talk know? to me a little about your role when you go to albany when you go to washington
5: so it's really to be not only the face of the department, certainly that, but really to advocate and educate people. You know, I think one of the things that was most notable then when I went to Washington is how many legislators thought that this was just a New York City issue. So, you know, we'd be meeting with someone from Louisiana and say, like, this isn't a problem for us. And we give them a list of deadly fires from lithium ion batteries in their district. So a lot of what you're doing when you're in a place like that is is not only saying here's how this affects you here's how it affects the country but also explaining the fire service you know everybody loves the fire department but people really don't know what we do they know about the running into fires but all the things with prevention and preparation and training are a little bit more of a mystery i think to most people and so i really see it as my job to not just advocate for them but be their champion to explain what they do you know i often say like i'm the ambassador between the rest of the world and the fdny it's my job to talk to the legislators about what matters to them and connect that
2: to the mission of the when running. you need um more money do you go to albany or do you go to city hall
5: so it depends where we need more money most of uh, our funding does come from omb which is the mayor's budget office and so we talk to them constantly or constantly bothering them but we also do go to dc we get uh quite large federal grant funds especially for training and uh, disaster preparedness and the same thing for the state so i would say talking about money is one of the main parts of my job no matter where i am frankly even if that's not what the meeting is about it's really your job to always say you know this this piece of equipment you're looking at guess how much it costs and guess how many more we need of them so you're always looking for ways to sell what we need
2: let's talk a little bit about technology when you talk yeah. about you know a piece of equipment in the 10 years you've been in the department Tell us what you've seen in terms of sophistication and
5: I mean, the two things that have changed tremendously. One are the ability of the smartphones to work in an emergency environment. Um, just their advent, but also their ability to actually be useful um, on the fireground, is has just changed tremendously. All of our members now have applications that help them. Whether it's EMS using translation to treat a patient, or it's a firefighter looking at uh, the building they're arriving to, so they know what they're getting themselves into. That is now a part of the job that just did not exist. Meaning, like they can pull up
2: blueprints or floor plans. So yeah. Exactly. Your
5: background information violations. You know, think about like you get a call at 2 a.m. and you respond in 90 seconds. One of the biggest dangers is not just what you're facing, but how little you might know about it. Um, you might just got have a call saying, we think there's a fire. We think there's a heart attack the more information we can give them about who they're treating, what the building is like that they're walking into, the safer they can be and the more likely they are to get inside and help someone. So I would say that's one of the biggest things. So there is robotics and drones. Um, You were asking about, you know, what happens when they called me at 4 a.m. last night. One of the things that's incredible that was not the case when I got here 10 years ago is they're sending me the drone feed. And so I'm sitting at home at 4 a.m. looking at the top of the building that the firefighters are, you know, on the roof of. That's amazing. And that's obviously helpful for me but most incredibly for the incident commander standing in front of the building they can now see what's happening on all sides so, so incredible. Before we run
2: out of time though just just follow up with me so they keep a drone in one of the uh, you know yeah one we, of the trucks and the there's drone. a guy who knows because it's not easy to operate those drones trust me my kid got yeah. one for christmas and it wound up in a tree the first Hooded time I to the house yeah exactly <laughs> no in a tree it was gone. he's like daddy i just got it it's gone i go all right i'll yeah. get you another one
5: our guys are a little better trained yeah i would kids. think
2: so i would hope so um,
5: although you know he has a chance um yeah they're trained they're trained pilots so they know what they're doing um we have faa certification and work very closely with the faa and we have a unit so we have a drone unit so they are on call 24 7 and if they even get initial word of a fire of a certain size they go and they put the drone up so that we can see what's happening
2: that is amazing yeah. um, before i let you go this is going to sound very elementary but if you okay. were talking to a fifth grade class actually i'd be talking to a 10th grade class at this great school called fompon hall academy next week um about fire prevention? Like if you're talking to young people about fire Mm -hmm. prevention, what is the message that the fire commissioner of New York City has to say?
5: So I'd say one umbrella thing, which is just think that it can happen to you and have a plan for when it does. I think fire is one of those things most of us just don't think about, and nothing is really more impactful on saving your life than if you know what you're gonna do when that happens. And that includes a couple key things, making sure you have a working smoke detector, not having an e-bike in your home, making sure you close the door after you in a fire, But if you know your building and you know how you get out, you know if it's fireproof or non-fireproof, if you have a plan and we do, I'll make a plug, we have materials, fdnysmart.org, that any family can go on and making a plan with your family is one of those things, one of those activities. Um, That is what's most likely to save your life at 2 a.m. when the the really crazy thing does happen.
2: I want to just end the show and end the week by giving my dad a bouquet because when we were kids... Um, the second floor where my, our bedrooms were, in my bedroom, there was a ladder that would hook Mm onto the, the window and then it would come down and, you know, my sister's bedroom was right next to mine. And my parents was right down the hall, and my, you know, and he told us, like, okay, if there's ever a thing and you can't get out, clo- close the door, mm-hmm. and open the window, and, you know, climb down. I, I bet you, <laughs> my parents were in the same house. I bet you that ladder is still there. Yeah, and there's fire extinguishers all over the house for something real small.
5: Your dad is a smart man. I would encourage everyone to do the same.
2: Um commissioner uh, I, this has been a really really great. I know how busy you are. I appreciate you and your team finding time to spend time with us. Are you allowed to come back or you got you think you got I in trouble? I would love to come back. Uh, do you like radio or? I love the radio. You love yes. the radio. I love the <laughs> radio too. All right folks, that slams the lid on things from this is my first week back from a week in um Florida it was a great week I had so much fun being on the radio with you guys I hope you have a wonderful weekend I have to read another brief we're doing the Ghislaine Maxwell argument in I don't know nine days so I have to like study 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 once again even though I'm not doing the argument there's no substitute for preparation I hope you guys have a great 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 weekend we'll see you we'll be back Monday on the author Idol
4: power hour falling on your
0: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons Pc